Hello, folks. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Deacon Clarity. I'm doing this podcast with my partner, Aiden Kenyon. We're doing this podcast from London Mills, Illinois, on November 2nd, 2021. We will be discussing the history and components of the United States Army. I am Deacon Clarity, and I will be starting us off this podcast. This is the first of my three episodes pertaining to the domestic operations of the Army National Guard. I will be discussing the history and establishment of the Guard, the role in the protection of the United States, and role in national and state emergencies. Our guiding question for this podcast is, what would the United States look like without the Army National Guard? starting with the history and establishment of the Army National Guard. The Army Guard was first created in 1636 as a militia regiment in the Massachusetts Bay Colony. The Army Guard's original mission was to provide security to the early American settlements. This mission is still carried out by our soldiers every day. According to Sir Parapu and a unique military force, the U.S. National Guard, the Army Guard came from the English tradition of organizing citizen soldiers to provide for the common defense. The state militias were preserved after the founding of the United States, reflecting the balance sought by the Constitution between state and federal authorities. However, it wasn't until the early 20th century, century, particularly after the passage of the 1903 Militia Act, and continuing, continuing through both world wars and the Guard. And the Guard was transformed from a loosely organized network of militias into the well-equipped and regimented force it remains today. This series of quotes shows me that the conflict has developed and helped perfect the army. War is an excellent method for finding strengths and weaknesses in a fighting force. Through the tests of war, both the reserve and active duty components of the army, National Guard, systematically improved. Sir Parapu also states it performs a dual role of supporting civilian authorities domestically and acting as a reserve for the active duty army and air force components during periods of conflict. Since these Guard members act as reserves for the active duty component, Army Guard members have served in almost every military conflict in the history of the United States. It's amazing that military traditions dating back to the 17th century are integrated into the United States Department of Defense. These traditions will change in coming years, but the objective won't. The protection of the United States is a priority Without military protection, it's safe to say we wouldn't be a very powerful country. Let's go into some more depth about the Army Guard's role in the protection of the United States. According to Larson and Peters, in preparing the U.S. Army for homeland security concepts, issues, and options, the Army Guard and Department of Defense are tasked with national missile defense border and coastal defense, WMD domestic preparedness, prevention of WMD smuggling, management of large-scale refugee flows, protection of mission-critical facilities and systems, and continuity of government operations to ensure or restore civil authority. This is a tough job for even the Department of Defense. It's hard to imagine what the status of the United States would be without the efforts of the Guard. 
the protection of the United States includes more than what, the, what meets the eye. Anything vital to the continuation of government and country needs to be protected. For example, in more recent years, the Guard has contributed to helping preserve the integrity of government and our elections. According to National Guard Domestic Operations Response, a National Guard press release, cyber attacks are unfortunately becoming more and more prevalent and can be performed by hostile government or non-governmental players from anywhere. We counter uh, potential intrusions into our voting systems to make sure every citizen gets to vote and their vote counts, said Army National Guard 2nd Lieutenant David Parsons. Members of the West Virginia National Guard Defense Cyber Operations helped safeguard the state's June 9, 2020 primary elections and provided critical support through the November general election cycle. These quotes do make me feel better about the recent 2020 presidential election. I'm not taking any political standpoint on the election, but there has been a lot of speculation that the election was rigged. For me, knowing that the Guard helped protect the voting integrity makes me feel better. If anything was seriously wrong with the election, I believe these soldiers would have spoken up. These men and women don't get the credit they deserve. The Army Guard does way more than what the eye, eye sees. Much of what they do doesn't receive much publicity, but they are always there for the American people. In order for the Army Guard to serve and protect the American people, the Guard must constantly adapt to new situations and improve. For instance, constructive criticism plays a large role in the military. There's always room for improvement. The National Guard's Bureau's State Partnership Program allows for the exchange of knowledge and experiences, says the press release National Guard Domestic Operations Response. This means that a state is partnered with a foreign country and both of their militaries meet with each other. They mainly train, discuss operations, and use constructive criticism to make the absolute best out of both militaries. This program not only helps to ensure the protection of the United States, but also the protection of our allies. The National Guard is notorious for its response to national and state emergencies. For example, in my community, there were Guard members responding to an E-4 tornado in Washington, Illinois in 2013. These Guard members were activated at state level, but let's take a look at how and when the Guard is activated at both national and state level. In a unique military force, the U.S. National Guard, Sir Parapu states, most of the time, state National Guards are activated and commanded by the governors of the respective states or territories, but presidents can federalize the Guard in certain cases. The National Guard can also be federalized but kept under state control, with the federal government paying for the deployment. Presidents have called units in the federal service to respond to hurricanes, to bolster border security, and to assist U.S. military operations in Afghanistan and Iraq. Federal activation is used in periods of conflict, such as the war in the Middle East. This is because the president and legislature have the power to wage war, not governors. However, for guard activation in Washington, D.C., federal activation is required. Washington, D.C. Is, is not a state, so federal activation of the guard is required. The federal activation process has more steps involved and is a bigger deal than state activation. This is part of a reason for a, for a slow but thorough response to the Capitol breach in January. The response to the rioters' breach of the Capitol in January 2021 was criticized as slow, as slow and insufficient, says Sir Parapu. Contrary to the Capitol riot response, the Guard's hurricane response is on point. Hurricane season is a large portion of the Guard's natural disaster response, but there is still plenty to respond to. 
The Guard is a jack of all trades. They are prepared for anything to come. From helping with COVID-19 to forest fires, the Guard can do it. June 1st is the official start date of hurricane season, a response mission the National Guard routine National Guard routinely prepares for, says the National Guard Domestic Operations Response Press Release. Sir Parapu states, in 2019, the Guard responded to 63 natural disasters, including seven hurricanes and tropical storms, 19 floods, and 12 fires. The Guard has even been responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. Guard members have helped carry out coronavirus testing and contacting and contact tracing, assisted with administering of vaccines, and delivered personal protective equipment and meals, among other duties. They have also helped perform additional election-related duties, including staffing polling places in some places, or in some states. Once again, the Guard is keeping Americans safe. It is really hard to imagine who would do what the Guard does. Without them, America could potentially be a disaster. I have discussed the history and establishment of the Guard, their role in the protection of the United States, and role in national and state emergencies. I hope you all can now answer the question, what would the United States look like without the Army National Guard? That is all for today's podcast on the domestic operations of the Army National Guard. Make sure to come check out episode two of our podcast in the near future. My name is Deacon Clarity, and I thank you for your time. Hello everyone, my name is Aiden Kenyon. It's November 5th, and over the next three weeks, we're going to devote three episodes to diving into a super interesting topic and answering the question, what exactly does the Army Special Operations do? Today we're recruiting at both my house and Spoon River Valley High School, and without further ado, let's get started by talking about the United States Army Rangers. The U.S. Army Rangers famously have the motto, Rangers lead the way, and when you look at the history of this famed unit, you'll realize that this could not be more accurate. The Rangers have one of the richest histories of any unit in the Army. The Rangers' history predates even the Revolutionary War. In the early 1700s, Captain Benjamin Church and Major Robert Rogers formed Ranger units to fight in the French and Indian War. These early Rangers were essentially scouts and marksmen that would go behind the enemy lines and destroy camps and pick off enemy troops from a distance. These men laid the blueprints of what the Rangers would later become. In 1775, eight companies of Rangers were formed to fight against the British. The, these eight companies of soldiers would be the first Rangers to actually hold the title of United States Army Ranger. The Rangers saw little to no action until the War of 1812 when Rangers would patrol in Illinois and Ohio on horseback and by boat on the Mississippi and engage in skirmishes with British and Native American forces. The Rangers would then see no action until World War II when, in 1942, under the command of Major William O'Darby, there would be a major force in the U.S.'s fight against the Nazis in Africa. They would be a major factor in the Tunzine Battles and the Battle of El Guitar. At this time, the Rangers were split up into the 1st, 3rd, and 4th Ranger Battalions known together as Ranger Force. In October of 1943, the Ranger Battalions were officially combined to form the 75th Ranger Regiment. On June 6, 1944, the Rangers played a key role in American history. Their job on D-Day was to rush up to the beach before any of the other invading forces and destroy as many German guns firing on the beach as possible to minimize casualties during the invasion. This would be famous by the Steven Spielberg movie Saving Private Ryan. D-Day was also the first time the Rangers had the Ranger tabs sewn onto their uniform, which was something still worn by Rangers today. Because of the nature of their mission, they were also given their famous motto, Rangers Lead the Way. This has remained the motto of the Rangers ever since. During the Korean War, 
15 companies of rangers were formed and this is the amount of rangers that we have today or companies of rangers the korean war would see the rangers shifting from company to company to fight all over north korea from the winter of 1950 to the spring of 1951 during the vietnam war the rangers were recognized as a parent regiment under the combat arms regiment system on July 1st of 1974, the Rangers headquarters was officially established at Fort Benning, Georgia, firmly establishing the Ranger Regiment as what we know it as today. So, what is the actual mission of the Ranger Regiment? The United States Army Rangers operate under SOCOM, which is the United States Special Operations Command. Their mission is a bunch of varied specialties such as direct action raids and special equipment and personnel recovery, as well as light infantry missions. The Ranger Regiment prides itself on being able to be anywhere in the world within 18 hours of notice. Currently, the Rangers are primarily fighting counterterrorism missions in the Middle East, though they train for every possible mission and scenario they can face. Part of what makes the Rangers such a legendary unit is the fact that hard-won and fought victories are part of their heritage. From World War II to Afghanistan, the Ranger Regiment has participated in over 50 military campaigns. In World War II, the Rangers fought in both the Pacific and Atlantic theaters and were part of some of the biggest operations of the war, such as the 1944 invasion of Normandy. In 1945, the Rangers liberated over 500 American POWs captured in Japan in one of the largest rescues of the war. Calling back to its role as a special operations unit, the Rangers were called upon in the failed Iran hostage rescue mission known as Operation Eagle Claw. In October of 1983, the Rangers parachuted into Granada and rescued Americans from the True Blue Medical Campus. From December 20th in 1989 to January 31st, 1990, the entire Ranger Regiment was called into action to neutralize the Panamanian Defense Force. The Rangers simultaneously parachuted into Tuchumen International Airport and General Manuel Narigo's beach house. Over the course of the operation, the Rangers captured 1,014 enemy POWs and over 14,000 enemy arms. In February 12th to April 15th of 1991, Company B and 1st Platoon of Company A deployed to Saudi Arabia in support of Desert Storm. In 1993, the Rangers were deployed to Somalia in a UN attempt to assist a chaotic and starving nation. The Rangers, assisted by Delta Force, were conducting a daytime operation in Mogadishu when two Blackhawks were shot down, resulting in an 18-hour firefight that was described as the fiercest ground fighting that had been seen since Vietnam. The Rangers would kill an estimated 600-plus enemy fighters. In November of in November 24th of 2000, the Rangers were deployed to Kosovo in support of Operation TF Falcon. Most recently, the Rangers have played a pivotal role in the war on terror. In the post-9-11 world, the Rangers have deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan to rid the world of organized terror and have conducted some of the most important operations in the war, such as the airborne operations to seize objectives Rhino in Afghanistan and Serpent in Iraq. As you can see, the Ranger Regiment has been one of the most accomplished units in the history of the Army, as well as one of the oldest. If you want to know more about the regiment, be sure to check out the Army's website as well as military.com for plenty of interesting content. Some good movies with the Rangers that you can also watch are Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down. So that'll do it for this episode. Be sure to tune in next week where, where I'll be discussing the pride of the Army, the Green Berets. 
Until then, I'm Aiden Kenyon, and I hope you enjoyed listening and maybe even learned something along the way.